Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch podcasts, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. We seriously use a lot of their products. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the cool labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, they have you covered. And is if you needed another reason to buy your protein from them, they now have all sorts of these boots that you can add to your protein. I'm actually reading this off of the recent protein tub that I ordered. Caramel Macchiato Whey Protein Isolate Microfiltrated with Probiotic Boost, Super Greens Boost, Multivitamin and Mineral, Essential Amino Acids Boost, and Lion's Mane Mushroom Boost. And it still tastes phenomenal. So go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You will not regret it and you'll never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social media. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocado, Patrick Blair, blinging in Zoom land as usual. This is, I told you beforehand, I don't know how much I can keep a straight face while recording this. This is pretty epic. Last, like last- My normal shit, dude. Last year, which in general, this is weird to say. I don't know why, but like we've been doing this podcast for quite a long time now because yeah. we did this last Halloween- yeah. And we had been doing it for quite a while then, I think. And you had the same background, but you were not dressed up like this. I mean, I put something together quickly. And it was really just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would have called what I did last year. Maybe like douchebag rocker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you said you bought this or you had this, I guess, to put together because you're going to a party tomorrow night. Does yeah. anybody know what you're dressing up as for the party or is this going to be a surprise? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, my wife does. So that's well, it. None, yeah. I haven't okay. told anyone. I mean, okay. why would you tell anyone? It's got to be. And I even got the dude. I bought some uh, fresh shell toes for the occasion. I feel like you had those before you had anything else. No, I didn't. I swear to God. <laughs> no, I just bought them. Brand new. Brand new. Okay. 
Just I, put them on. I just know you're a sneakerhead, so that's why I, I am. And I'll be to be honest with you, I am a sneakerhead, shamefully, but also joyably. That's a word. But like when I went to buy these, I, I had two pairs of these back in the day when the new in the new metal days when they got really popular. And I had uh, your basic black and white, and then I had a pair of white with red stripes, right? Okay. And so on, when I went to buy these, and I was like looking all over the place, and like typically my go-to, uh, well, to be honest with you, when it comes to sneakers, like if you want to find a deal on the fly, eBay is always where I start, and then you kind of go from there. But dude, these are a hundred dollars now. And I, I commented to my wife, I was like, man, I don't remember these shoes ever being that expensive because I was buying these when I was like 19 and I didn't have a fucking dollar to my name. So there was no way I was paying a hundred dollars for these when I, I, I right. well, I'll be honest with you. I did spend every dollar I earned from work on shoes and clothes and <laughs> stupid shit, but like, uh, <laughs> that was typically, and you're going to have to forgive me. I've been sick for a week. I just now feel normal, but, uh, if I don't hit the mute button, I apologize. But she was like, yeah, no, they're, they're nostalgic. They're, they're coming back. Like people they're, they're in high demand because, you know, kids want to wear what was cool. And I'm like, okay, well, all right, well, hundred bucks. I mean, that's not a lot. I've spent yeah. way more on shoes, but like right. for these, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big Adidas guy, to be honest with you. Uh, when it comes to sneakers, I'm Nike, Nike and Vans. And then if I find something goofy, that some like little small company makes, I'll buy it. Like my ODB shoes. Have you ever seen those? I don't think so. They're pretty sick. They have a, well, let me see if I can get them on screen. Okay. Mm. Wait, come on. That's right. Stupid I did see dude. those. I did see those. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I have a question going back to what you said a while ago, because uh, I wasn't expecting you to say that, like to match shoes to a music time period. Was that a thing? Like you said, new metal days. So was that a thing? Like were there artists that you see wear a certain pair of shoes and you had to go out and have those pair of shoes? Well, the shell toes specifically in Adidas, specifically corn and limp biscuit were two of the big ones that, okay. you know, like Jonathan Davis wore this jacket that I'm wearing which really caught fire back in the early hip hop days, which is what the costume is that I'm wearing. But like Jonathan Davis wore this with this kilt and, and it just exploded, gotcha. you know? And, and so, yeah, but those two, those two bands really, I think specifically help bring back Adidas shell toes and the jackets and the track suits. And, and, you know, Fred had the backwards new era hat. And then he eventually had his own line of hats that, to be honest with you, I wish they would come back with those were really good hats. Very basic, but very good hats. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, this was those the shell toes were very new metal. Gotcha. OK. You know, hip hop starting out and then new metal. But, you know, the whole idea of new metal that it was derived from the early new metal bands were derived from hip hop and the hip hop they grew up listening to. So I don't know. OK. I gotcha. I, I guess I never really thought about like in the maybe the rock genre or maybe most genres. I don't know that I've ever seen an artist or a musician or a band or anything like wear a certain kind of gear that I'm like, I really I love that shirt or I are like, you know what I mean? Like that it becomes a popular trend to buy what they're wearing on stage. 
I think it died out with uh, emo and like screamo mall metal type stuff. Uh, I think that's <laughs> I've never when it really. Heard, I've never heard it called mall metal before. That's awesome. <laughs> hot topic metal. It, I was gonna say it instantly like, reminds me of hot Devil topic. Wars Prada and yeah, yeah. I think it like I because I remember a lot of the there was a lot of like uh, punk and like emo bands that were made Macbeth really big. Macbeth was a company that was started by I want to say the dude from rise against and a couple other guys, but it was the idea behind the shoes was that they were all vegan or all like they're the, no animals were killed to make them. Uh, that type okay. of thing. Gotcha. I owned a few pairs. I'm not going to lie. They were actually pretty cool shoes and you can get them in like in the mall, you get them in like journeys and places like that. But um, that's really the, like the last period I remember bands being really influential with like bands. That is bands. Not, yeah. we're not talking about hip hop because hip hop still, yeah, that's like, that's different for sure. But like bands being influential with like fashion and stuff. I think I, I'm trying to think. Like I mean, like the biggest that, the biggest things that's popping on mind is like Kid Rock wearing the big fur. Oh yeah, I mean Kid Rock wore the Adidas tracksuit and yeah. and the you know yeah 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 no he I mean is gay as lame. As it was, I mean, he definitely was like, he was a trendsetter with the way that he dressed. Yeah. Guys started wearing leather pants with like faux red leather pants with wife beaters. Yeah. And, and pimp hats. I mean, I saw it. It was lame, you know, <laughs> but he did something. So speaking of that, but, I, wa- uh, I was listening to, uh, I think I mentioned it on the last episode that we had, but I was listening to the fly on the wall podcast with, uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey, and they had Cheryl Crow on, which I know you would never listen to that episode. But uh, definitely not. I, for one, I didn't remember that she had so many hits. Name them. Um. So like that. Name, if it makes you happy, that if it makes you happy song. Okay, keep going. <laughs> uh, I don't remember anymore on the top of my head. But I know. I, I know she had. Seven. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. And plus she was a Missouri, she was a Missouri girl. Yeah. But anyway, so the reason why I bring her up is because the Kid Rock thing remind, reminded me of her. Oh, and that song Picture with Kid Rock and her, that song blew up. Do you remember that song? No, I'm so glad I don't. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. they got to talking about the Woodstock 99 documentary and okay. her being oh, on, yeah, the, on there. She was in it. Yeah. Well, she was saying like it was so crazy because she was on she was on, on the first day and she said people were already throwing shit everywhere. And she said that while they were on stage, uh, shit landed on her guitar. And that was when she said, I'm out. And she turned around and left. I just thought it was funny to hear somebody who was actually there talk about that. And that was on day one. Can you imagine what it was like on day three? I mean, I know we do because we've seen the documentary, but still. Yeah, I would love to sit down with like a couple of people that, were there more importantly like crew or something yeah not necessarily bands because like we talked about this already but like bands were so kind of like they knew but they didn't know that whole thing like you know i think it, it was i would love to like and and not the crew that were hired for the documentary because i think they were towing the line a yeah. little bit yeah that one guy wasn't that we talked about yeah. That guy was like, I'm fucking going for broke. I'm throwing <laughs> everyone under the bus. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 
a couple of the people that just kind of maybe have, you know, fell through the cracks. I would love to speak to them about it. Speaking of festivals, you know, when we were young, what are your thoughts? You know, day one got canceled. Everything that I've seen, you know, I've watched live performances from it. It, Dude, story, you know, story posted some videos. And I'm telling you, man, like, um, and we can get into their new song after I say this, but like, I'm telling you, dude, like the pop that they got was something special, dude. And I know that's what the, the festival was designed for. It's like nostalgia. Right. All of these bands you used to listen to, they're coming back. They're going to bring you back to those songs you loved. Yeah. But like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just so like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm so attached to it because they're, they're from here and I'm friends with a few of them. And it's like, I don't know. The, when I watched the videos that they posted, I was like, God, fucking damn, dude. Yeah. Like you expected it with Paramore and with Bring Me the Horizon and, and, you know, these bands like, but with them, it was like, fuck, like people like it. It, it was cool. It was just cool to see. Do you, do you, you think, know, do you think, so I know it's like a, a big nostalgia festival, but do you think it matters where it's located that they got that kind of a pop? I don't know. That's a good question. I think Vegas was a really cool location for yeah. that. Yeah. Because it, it gave the people going an extra incentive because it's Vegas. Right. It's not remote. It's not middle of nowhere. So there's nothing to do before or after the festival. Right. Which could be a good or a bad thing, however you want to look at it. But I think it definitely played a part. I mean, I, I but what do I know? I mean, I, I just think um, their pop and, you know, there was a, uh, <laughs> who did I see? Um, oh, well, uh, you know, Bond posted videos of uh, Census Fail. Yeah, I did see those. Yep. And uh, dude, I mean, fucking unreal. The, 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 I, it, to me, it felt like everyone got a just insane reception from the crowd. Yeah. Again, it was by, that was by design. I don't, I don't think that should be surprising, but. Well, I mean, you know what? You think about even all the, you know, the massive festivals that happen across the US. Uh, you know, not not even talking about the pandemic because the you know, the pandemic did shut a lot of those festivals down over the past couple of years. So I think that might be part of it too. Um the nostalgia thing of course, but also people are like ready for festivals again. So I think that might be part of it also, but I mean it's a it's a I, I even, okay, so the big festivals around the US like Rock on the Range and stuff like that there's still a lot of bands on those that nobody really knows or that are, you know, kind of, kind of coming up. I mean, maybe coming up if you want to consider it that, but if I look at a, a flyer for all the bands on a certain stage, as those bands like start getting smaller in font all the way down to the bottom, I'm not knowing half of those bands. This is a festival where you freaking knew every band that was on there. Well, and that was the point. Yeah. You know, that, that was, that was truly the point. And I don't was, know if we've seen anything like that before. This is like a first time. Um, something like well, that, no, you, you do. And I, I talked about it on the last episode. So I, I don't think it's been done with the type of bands that were playing that festival. No, but you know, I talked about a festival called furnace festival, which was, it went on in the early two thousands and then it went away and they brought it back. And the reason they brought it back is they were like, well, what if we just put all of these fucking metal bands and hardcore bands and punk bands and post-hardcore bands from the fucking late 90s, early 2000s on a festival and, and people would just freak out. And they do. And I, you know, 
I wanted to go this year. It actually happened around my uh, on the weekend of my birthday. Where at? Uh, it's in Alabama, which is a. Oh, okay. It's at. It's at like a. Uh, this old like factory type thing. Okay. Which is why it's called Furnace Fest, and it's done really well the last two years. And again, that I know it's two completely different things, but I, you know, you said it hasn't been done before. I, I think like, I think we're going to start seeing it more. I won't be surprised if if a if a new metal festival pops up in the near future. That'd be cool. Where you just fucking have corn, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach, P.O.D., like all of the the power new metal bands from back in the day. Yeah. You know, um, which would be great. And I think it would do well. I, I think like you get a lot of those bands on these festivals like Rock on the Range or Louder Than Life or, you know, Rock Lahoma or any of these festivals, but it's you like you said, there are a lot of bands on there that get thrown on there to fill. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't, I'm not trying to be disrespectful by, you know, calling those bands filler. They're not, they're good bands. Yeah. You know, I remember when I went to Louder Than Life back in, you know, 2014 or whatever. And one of the bands I wanted to see was Islander, which I really love. And they were playing at like fucking 1045 on Saturday or Sunday, whichever day it was. And I got there on time. And I felt so, I mean, you know, people were watching them. They had a few hundred people. And then, you know, Mikey from Islander goes on stage with POD on the main stage to do a song with them. And he's on stage in front of 10, you know, 10,000 people. Right. Like it's the difference is it, but I feel like with when we were young, it's like everybody's getting the same pop. There were bigger, there was bigger and smaller stages and like bigger and smaller crowds. But I feel like the, the buzz was the same. And again, that was by design. And that's why that's why it works so well. But I think that, you know, I said this on the last episode, I think in the beginning, that's why people doubted it so much. They were like, this can't be true. Like, how are they like, this can't be true. Right. There's no way, you know? And so something I listened to, I got to listen to some of the episode that you put, we posted last week where you did solo. Um, oh, hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you were talking about the uh, like, not that it wasn't real, but like um, the the festival itself making money. I think you had kind of skimmed over that fact. Like you think that it did fine. Like you think that, you know, but from the outside looking in, that seems kind of crazy that they could, because you would think unless a lot of those bands j- didn't like get a lot of money for doing it just because they wanted to be on a festival like that. How much money do you think was invested in all of those bands? to do that, how is it possible that that could have pulled in a lot of money for the powers that be over it? I think they made money for sure. Okay. It didn't help that day one was canceled. I think they made money. Yeah, that, yep. that, that definitely hurt. Do you think, so I know there was a lot of conspiracy that went on around the, the show. Do you think that people were really freaking out about that after that first day was canceled? Uh, there, I'm sure there were, but I don't think there, I mean, you can go outside and feel the weather. <laughs> That's like, true. <laughs> if it's fucking too windy, it's too windy. Go outside. Like it's not a conspiracy dickhead. Just walk outside. Yeah, right. Like, what are you, what are you going on Twitter for? And yeah. Calling bullshit on the festival. Go outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this. We have, there's several people that I'm sure both of us are friends with on social media. Um, some people that have lived in St. Louis in the past or uh, currently live in St. Louis that went out there. And I, I think every post that I seen from all of those people used the word perfect saying yeah. this was a perfect festival and it was executed perfectly. 
I mean, from what I've seen, it looked great. I, I don't, you know, I, I would have to have been there to really give you, you know, a solid opinion on that. But yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, it looked great. So, so how does that work? As far as I mean, I, I don't know if you know how they sold tickets. I'm sure they probably did some kind of a package, or if you want to do like all three days, you could. Or if you just wanted to do a single day, you could, or something like that. I mean, I guess do they just give refunds? Well, why would you on, do like, all three days ticket? if it's all the same bands? Well, wasn't that the that was my whole point of like I think like this was the plan all along. Yeah, but wasn't that the thing in the beginning because everybody was saying you can't see all the bands that you want to see if you just go one day. I mean, that's that's festival and life. I, I, I understand that's a festival, but. If, but are you really going to pay? They, if they come out and say, well, this is a three-day festival now, you could do all three days if you want, you know, then may, maybe you, you, do, you do it. If you want to see bands enough and if bands aren't overlapping each other, dirt, you know, while you're there. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if people did that, more power to them. Yeah. Spend your money. Shit, I don't know. I mean, I, I know people that did that for Warp Tour because they couldn't see you know, legitimate super fans of many bands couldn't see all the bands they wanted to see. So they would go to another city and then see the other bands that, they, you know, see the bands that they didn't see right in that city. Right. Uh, which is great. That's the kind of person you want following your band. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if that was necessarily like a real thing or not. I think like, with as many bands as they were offering on that festival, I think there were plenty you could like, you know, I would say six to 10 that you could see that day that would make up for what you paid for the ticket. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. My opinion. I don't know. Somebody might disagree and, but that's just my opinion, you know, but uh, what's been really cool for me is just to see some of the videos, the bands have posted and seeing the actual, the actual response that they got. I think it was, that's fucking great, man. Like I said, stories was just, I, it, I don't know. There was something about it. I just hit me. It hit me in a way. And I think it was because I watched, I think it's because I saw those just randomly by chance after I watched the, I showed my wife the music video for the new song. Yeah. Which she had not seen yet. And she hadn't really heard the song either. She heard me play like snippets of it just in passing. But, um, and I commented to her, I was like, man, I'm really, I, I'm not saying this to be, you know, insulting, but I'm like, I'm really surprised by the lack of views that this video has because I think the song is fucking killer and I think the video is really good. Well, I think a I lot think, of that comes know, by the promo though, right? Like whoever I don't know. They I mean it has like two hundred thousand views, which is good. You know, I they're they're not they're not fucking imagine dragons. I get it. But I you know I just I, I for some reason I felt like it would have more. I don't know why. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But well, yeah, I, so I showed her that video and then those videos came up randomly after. And I was just like, God damn, dude, like this is fucking killer. So anyway, the new song, what do you think about it? Love it. New story song. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the best songs, singles, singles. I think it's one of the best singles they put out, honestly, since In the Wake. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. did you, did you, did you like the, that last album, the um, Wolves. Wolves, yeah. Because like, so I'll like, tell you what I liked like, about Wolves. Like Miracle and Bang Bang and those, I I really liked those songs too. 
Those um, are good songs. Yeah. And it was a good record. Yeah. I think there were a few hidden gems on that record, but I don't think there was a song that immediately grabbed me like Tear Me to Pieces has. Yeah. It's I just good. think it's, and you know what's interesting? And I said this to my wife the other night, last night, maybe. Was it last night? Um, the YouTube community has latched on to that video. The oh, really? reaction community. And so there's this reaction. Re- do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but reacting how? I mean, in a positive way? Y- yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, good, yes, good, yes. good, good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but, you know, I would, uh, there's just a couple channels that I, I follow that these guys never, never react to a story of the year. I mean, you know, the, it's not like stories putting out constant, constant songs, but like they, I've never heard them mention them. You know, but constantly bear to a day to remember, you know, all the big bands. <laughs> and um, a couple of these channels reacted to it. And uh, one of the ones I like, it's these two Australian dudes. They're so funny because they're Australian and just like everything they say comes with that accent. And it's like, are they, wait, are they, are they shitting on them? Are they, they they're happy? <laughs> like, it's hard to tell. Like, it, it's, it's like endearing, but at the same time, snarky. It, that's what I love about it. Yeah. But uh, they reacted to it, and I was super surprised. Like it was one of the first things that came up in my YouTube feed, and I was like, "Oh shit, wow!" Story's getting like, but that's to me that's huge because that means that that sound, that song is catching on to the younger generation. Yeah, for sure. That's just how I feel about the, that's that's the way that I see that. That's the way I perceive that. But I, but it's um, interesting on to wonder how it's doing that. Like why, like what is getting that into younger generations ears or unless it's just the aspect of streaming. Um, well, I think it's just a kick-ass song. I mean, I mean, it is, but like, okay. So I know we, we've talked about, um, so like Papa Roach when he did that thing with like Jairus Johnson, which I know you weren't a fan of, but we also talked about how kind of that was a way for him to kind of cross over into a little bit of the younger generation because Jarris Johnson's of course, like a TikTok star or whatever. Right, so, right, 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 right. so he has that way of train, you know, getting into the, the younger ears, but I, I'm wondering what makes story of the year song get that same, that same way. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me tell you what I mean by what I said. So I said, it's, it's just a catchy song, right? All right. Whatever I said, uh, it is, but I think they're on a, a good record label. And I think they're on right. a good record label that knows how to target those algorithms and those demographics. Mm. Gotcha. Again, just guessing. Yeah. I don't know this to be, I'm not speaking like it's a matter of fact. I'm just saying this is my opinion, but that's, that, that is my opinion. Um, based on the other bands that are on that record label and how successful they are and how many views they get and, um, the reaction they get online, I think that's that has a lot to do with it. It does, but it does, but it it and you like you said, you no disrespect at all, but you kind of wish there were that they were getting more viewership because that song's been out for what a month now, probably. No, no, it hasn't been a month. Are you it's sure? Been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Oh, it's oh yeah, maybe. I, oh, you know what? You're right. I'm thinking of the other one, the the single before that. Um, the, and see, I don't, I longer. mean, that song's good, but I don't, I, you know, one of the things that these dudes talked about, these reaction channels talked about, they were like, why didn't they put this one out first? Tear me to pieces. Like, why the fuck? 
Yeah. And, and then they were like, well, strategically, this is actually a good move because the record doesn't come out until the spring. So like you had your sort of, uh, we'll call the first single a story of the year single. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I agree <laughs> with them. It's a story of the year song. Uh-huh. Not bad. Yeah. But it's not, it, it's not, it, I'm just going to stop there. It's not, it's a good song. But with this song, it, it just, for me and to me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, to me, it just, it speaks to the younger generation for some reason. I, 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 I was saying this to my wife and she was like, she was like nodding her head, like agreeing with me, but I was like, you don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. Do you? <laughs> She's like, no, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. You're just fucking agreeing with me to shut me up. Like, <laughs> but, but that's how I feel. I okay. don't know. Okay. Now, what the fuck do I know? Did you, uh, have you been to, so they, they filmed that music video at Skate Laborious, right? Yeah. And it's, dude, that building is so great. Used to be a church, right? Wasn't it like St. Laborious before? I mean, I guess like I, I've never been there. And, okay. you know, we, we talked, we, we talked about that as well. I was like, this why have we not seen a music video? Who, what dumbasses have not shot a music video in this place before they did? You want to know who you did? Know? Oh, somebody did. Yeah. Oh, who did? Uh, I, I will double check myself on this cause I might have to cut it out, but I'm pretty sure discrepancies did. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty positive. I'll double, like I said, I'll double check that and cut it out if it's not right, but I'm pretty sure they did. It, it probably, like you said, it probably has to do with the algorithms and, you know, getting it to, but I mean, I, I know there's a lot more that goes into that than me and you have any idea about, um, on, on what's interesting to me is like targeting an audience with a certain song, like, you know, like yeah. that, that record label has to be like, well, I bet this song because of the sound and all the things that go along with it, I bet we could target this age group this age demographic with this song and then and then then be able to you know go on across social medias and and target those groups and stuff like that that's pretty interesting stuff way over oh, my head i was head, just but- thinking about this the other day i'm so glad you said that so what you just said you now we have algorithms that can target like for the fans of such and such like if you're a fan of this band yeah you're gonna like this band you know what that used to be CD labeling. Uh, right? g- you me- would go into a store. I know you can't see it. You can't read it. It's really small, but I, you know, I just want you to see that I have a CD in my hand. That's okay. wrapped still. I haven't opened this. <laughs> okay. This is a this is a bury your dead CD. Okay. So you used to go in, and I used to do this. I used to spend two hours sometimes in a fucking record store looking for labels that said this. So this is a bury your dead record. Okay. okay? It's uh. It's called It's Nothing Personal. It came out, oh, fuck. When did this come out? 2009. Jesus Christ. Is there a reason you uh, haven't so anyway, opened it? You just want no, it? I haven't opened it. I have, pl- I have tons of these that I haven't opened because I, this is, these, it's listen, like, it's man. Like, it's like a collector's I item buy for you? music. Huh? It's like a collector's item for you? That's why you yes, haven't it opened is. it? Yes, okay, cool. I buy music and this cool. is why. So listen. Okay. So this, is, this was our algorithm back in the day. <laughs> you would go to a store and you would look for labels like this. So it says, Barry, you're dead. It's nothing personal for fans of Disturbed, Hatebreed, Slipknot, and Lamb of God. Well, that's cool. As seen on stage with Ozfest, Family Values Tour, Music as a Weapon Tour, and more. I would go into a store and look for labels like that. Okay. And I would go, oh, I like Hatebreed. Maybe I like this band. Oh, 
I like story of the year. Maybe I'll like this band. That was our algorithm. And you know what? It was a better fucking time. All right. <laughs> That's all. A, be- a better Damn fucking it. time that didn't reach near as many people. Correct. But, but it was fun. But it, it was fun. It was, and it was yeah. a social thing. You went yeah. into the record store. You met some other dickhead who had spent way too long there. And he was like, what are you getting? I'm like, I got the fucking bury your day. He's like, oh, shit. I got the fucking uh, the mad ball. I'm like, oh, shit. Really? He's like, you don't know who Madball is, do you? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he would call me a fag, and then we'd fucking fight. You know, it was a whole thing. It was a social experiment. <laughs> if you think about the idea of the fact that, like, people were like, you know what? I'm going to stop going to the mom and pop place, and I'm going to start going to Walmart. It's like, well, you're going to save 16 cents on a broom. Like, I, I mean, you're you're not saying the obvious one, which is Amazon. Well, I was trying to avoid it. Oh, okay. I was trying to go. I was trying to stay away from the internet. I was trying to like still okay. like brick and mortar. Like you still go into a place, right? right? But well, what I'm saying is, you're saying like what what's killed these these mom and pop shops off? It's convenience, right? Now and because it's not like we're not in a time now where it's cool to just spend a Saturday going into a record shop and just looking at thousands of records and find the one that you want. That's not a thing anymore because I. Oh, you know, I can go to Amazon and order it and have it tomorrow. That took you 16 seconds. <laughs> I know. But what's fun about that? Right. I get and you it. You don't meet people. You don't like there's no human. There's no human element, you know, human interaction. Like, do you did you ever you might be too young for this, but like, did you ever have the maybe not because you live in the sticks, but like the mom and pop video store? There, There was a couple around me. Yeah. Dude, we have one. Uh, my par- by my parents' house where I grew up, we had one, and they had like the beaded door. Like there were beads, and then a door, and like, oh, that's the fucking that's the porn <laughs> room. We'd always just stare at that door. They had that at a mom and pop place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, oh fuck yeah. Dude. You know that mom that mom and pop were pervs, right? So many creepy <laughs> men coming out of there. Like I'm trying to get fucking. Little rascals or fucking rookie of the year, and like this guy comes out with just two fucking fistfuls of porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the thing about that place was is they were they were a community driven place. They got to know their customers. Yeah, you know. So if like you would walk, if you would rent, okay, in the, in the spirit of of what time it is right now, if you would rent Halloween, okay, mm-hmm. you bring it back a week later, like oh. Cool. By the way, I you, you I think you like horror. You should rent Monkey Shines or Night of the Demons or something like that. We just got it in, but whatever. And I'm gonna guess that of the three movies I just said, you've only seen one. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, all right. So like, but that was the whole thing about places like that. You know, they were it, it was it was a community thing, right? Which, goddamn, I like. We just don't have. We have a community garden right across the street from me. It's a community. So they give they. it's a community garden and then like a community. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, like food bank or whatever. So they give people from the area can just come up and get free food. Nice. People donate food. They give food to the people. Uh, and places like that are a dime a dozen. Though. They scare people at this point. When when I was growing up, they were a common fucking thing. Yeah. 
community places and community ideas and like they were a common thing but places like that and it's literally like this window right here i mean i could look at it from my window actually no it's the window over there sorry but uh they scare people yeah and it's weird it's and i actually had this conversation with someone the other day um we were talking about austin uh, it was a, a coworker of mine who still travels and uh, they got offered an Austin trip and they turned it down. And I think it was just like bad timing. I don't think it was anything like, I don't like Austin, but we got talking about Austin the last time I was there. And uh, we brought up like the homeless situation there and just homeless situations in general. And, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's so bizarre because like homelessness is widely accepted more than a community garden like the community garden and the community food bank that gives food to people who need it is more intimidating to the people in the community than a homeless person now i'm not saying that the homeless person should intimidate you but there's a more accepted version of the two right yeah well it's kind of it's kind of the the, very strange it's kind of like the trust factor though too right like nowadays you kind of have to worry where is that food like coming from? Has anybody tampered with this well, before, before that, I, before I in, ingest it? But you know, I think it goes back to like the whole, you know, you would never let your kid just leave for the entire day and have no idea where they are until it's dinner time. You know, that's what we used to do there. There's no way we'd let our kids do that anymore. Dude, <laughs> I'd be gone for days, <laughs> days, <laughs> Nobody was looking for me. There was not a flyer. I'm not on a milk carton. There's no, <laughs> like, nobody's looking for me. I'm, I'm joking. When I was a teenager, I would do Is that. that, I guess that's not a thing anymore either. I mean, I know the milk carton thing itself isn't a thing anymore, but I guess, like, it's not, it's just social media now, right? And the news for, like, if a kid's missing or something? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, I mean, why would you need a milk carton when you have In, social media? Yeah, instant. Yeah, so something instant. I, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. It's I mean, I, you know, speaking of social media in St. Louis, and we don't have to get too much into this, but what are your what are your thoughts on the shooting that happened here? Um, I honestly don't know a lot about it. I, I've, I've read a few, uh, a little bit of a few articles um, yeah. on the situation. Do you have a lot of information on it to give me? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, well, no, I mean, I mean, know, I know, I know they're saying that, um, there was a lot, which we've heard before, but they're saying that the, the person who did it, if you go back and look at their social, their recent social media, a lot of it is guns and, you know, yeah, stuff, was, stuff, was, stuff was, of the that writing nature. Was on the wall. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to do to fix this. I mean, I, I don't, I can't, I don't want to just say taking guns away from everyone is the, the key, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a part of the solution. Yeah. But, men, but mental no. illness is still it there. It won't work. Yeah. Mental illness but, is still there. Correct. Correct. And I just, I said this to my wife, I said, look, and dude, look, do you, do I think anyone should be able to go get an AR 15? No, there's no need for that, dude. Right. Should we have handguns to keep at home in the one millionth, one hundred millionth 
percentage of a chance that someone breaks in and you have to, uh, yes, yes. And I, I, I own guns. That's, you know, that's it. I don't, I don't own fucking anything that I could go blow a bunch of people away with, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think you, I, in my personal opinion, not to get too deep into it, but my personal opinion is I think you should be able to have a handgun to keep at your house. I mean, or, you know, multiple, if you want multiple, whatever, um, just, in, on, just in case of that issue, but also have a gun. If you're a hunter, like be able to have a gun that you would actually take to the woods to try to shoot a deer. Or, or something, something man. not a, not anything like an AR 15 that you have no reason to have that. Like here's what a lot nothing. of people don't understand though. Like if you, <laughs> if you fuck with somebody who's an, a hunter and they know guns and they have a hunting rifle, you're fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's true. No, for real. Yeah. People don't learn to shoot with handguns. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, you don't, you don't learn target shooting. You don't learn trigger control with handguns. Yeah. You learn it with rifles. Yeah. So like, and I have both, you know, but to be honest with you, I'd much rather have a rifle than my fucking 22 pistol. If someone broke into my house. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. So like, what, what were we, what were we talking about? Shit. Uh, the shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, <laughs> guns and mental health. So, like, I, I said this to my wife. I go, you know, we can take away all the guns we want. But if you have a person who's mentally ill, like that person was, they're going to find a way to get a gun. Yeah. Which makes this an even more difficult thing to solve. It's the same thing with the war on drugs. You want to outlaw drugs. You want to say that heroin's illegal. You want to say that cocaine's illegal. You want to say that crack is illegal, meth. People find a way to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so it's but, the but, same but, thing with guns. But the hard thing about that is, is like the other, the opposite side of that is, okay, well, make it all legal and then hopefully less people will want to do it because it's not the you know it, you know what i'm saying like it's not it's they're hard. never going to legalize all those drugs I, I, under, I understand that but i'm saying like the opposite side of that would be no i, I get it yeah. yeah yeah no i'm with you and i i know that argument but it's like with guns they're they, you do what you want with them but people are going to find a way to get them yeah let me, let me ask you this and this is just popping in my head when and if I'm missing something, I really, I, no disrespect at all, but when was the last time we've seen like a shooting by an adult? Like a ma- um, um, not I'm not talking like a sniper situation. I'm talking like the shootings that we see by, by kids. Like, I mean, this person was technically an adult. How old were they? 19. 19. Okay. I mean, say what you want. Yeah, I'm just saying like... Say what you, it, I, say just, what you want, I, I, you know. But yeah, I'm with you. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like, is this more of a, a children these days scenario of mental health? It's mental health for sure. For yeah. sure. Go to all of these shootings. It's mental health. Absolutely 100. Well, no, it's I, not I, deniable I, at this Yeah, point. I understand that. But I'm saying like, is it more of the on the children now? Like the, the, the younger generation versus no the older generation you don't, no, think, I don't so? think so you don't think so no no i don't think so okay. i think the only thing that's changed is the 
the level of uh, the level at which they get to see and feel and experience the output from their peers and the output from adults and the output from their uh, authority figures because of social media and because of the way that everything is done through the internet. And, you know, by design, you know, everything about everyone. You know, we talked about this a couple episodes, you know, everything about everyone. Yeah. It was when we were talking about euphoria, when I was talking about like, you know, all the sex and the drugs and everything that happens in that show. It's like, I saw that in high school. Yeah. We just didn't have social media and we didn't have everything to talk about it. Right. We didn't have texting. We didn't have, you know, like, so I, I think with that mental health aspect comes the idea that these people are constantly being fed information and hate and negativity and, and, you know, counter idea, ideas that are countering their own and so on and so forth. Now, some people can handle it. Some people can't, you know, and that's what we, that's what we're seeing. It's not just bullying too. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't like bullying. I, I'm anti-bullying, trust me, but like, it's not the, the bullying is one aspect of it. There's much more that goes into that than just bullying. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the constant flow of information that, kids have to deal with on an everyday basis yeah yeah it's coming it's coming from angles that we never had to deal with when we were kids never yeah you know the you seen the wedding singer yeah you remember this the scene where the the adam sandler walks in the house and the two little kids come running up to him and they were like uh you're gonna go to a or you're on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He's like, who said that? He's like, everybody's been saying that. He's like, what do you mean? Everybody's been saying that you're eight. You only know your parents. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's a good point. Yeah. As a kid, as a kid, <laughs> I didn't know many other people other than my parents and my neighbors. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah, dude, it's a bummer. But it, so like with the shooting, I, yeah, I mean, this, there's a lot coming out about it now, but apparently this, the writing was on the wall with this, this dude and, uh actually a friend of mine who i grew up with her kids go to that school oh really her son was on the same floor as the shooter oh my god yeah i just texted her i was texting her about two hours before we started just checking in on her and it was fucking i mean dude i'll I'll say this and uh you know we can probably we don't need to we don't need to get too deep into this aspect of it but when it was going on i said you know, it's so funny that all of our my fellow St. Louisans who are so defund the police friendly aren't saying shit now, are they? Right. They're not saying shit now, along with our fucking mayor, who very publicly has stated that she's going to defund the police force in St. Louis. But she's not saying shit now, is she? Right. And I said that if this happened anywhere else outside of the city limits, it would have been worse. It would have been worse. And now again, this is just my opinion, but I did say, I said to my wife and I said, uh, when she got home that day, I go, please tell me the shooter is not white. And I, I go, no disrespect to anybody. I'm sorry. I know this sounds terrible. Please tell me it's not the shooter is not white because if the shooter were white going into a primarily person of color school blowing away people out of like this city's going to explode. The city's going to blow up. Yeah, like, that's true. Real. And I, I know that's a shitty way to think, but I'm just trying to be, you know. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess it adds another aspect to it, too, of racism 
that we haven't ever seen that in that kind of a scenario. You don't see it a lot, man. I mean, I'm not, I, sorry, I didn't mean to say you don't ever. I mean, I'm saying mo- most, of the, most of the time, it you know, it, we just chalk it up to mental health. But mass yeah. shootings are committed by white men. Yeah, for the most part, white I mean, wh- teens, yeah. white men. Yeah, yeah. Now, in in a setting like that, however, when you go into an inner city like St. Louis or Chicago or Detroit or Baltimore, they happen all the time. But yeah. those are reduced to just street crime or gang violence, which is bullshit. Yeah. Those should be called mass shootings and they should be treated the same fucking way. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, I, we talked about this around like when the fucking, you know, George Floyd riots were happening. We, we talked about this before, but it's like, why do we not treat them the same way? Is it because of who's getting killed or who's doing the killing or where it's at? It's like, fuck you. Like people are dying, treat it the same fucking way. But, but I mean, but I mean, what do you, what in the prevention process, what do you do? I mean, do you, do we put, you know, security in every single school across the nation? That school is heavily secured. So even, so how security guards. Okay. So how did he get the gun through? Uh, he used to go there and he knew how to get into a window or a door or something. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. You'll have to like fact check me on that, but it's something like that. I remember reading that. But okay, yeah. he was a dude that went to that school and yeah. he knew a way to get in. Okay, could he have had help? Sure, it's possible, but you know, I you know, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. Yeah, but you know, thank thankfully, and I hate to, again, I hate saying this. It was only two. Yeah, I, it it could have been so much more. Wasn't it, it was it was a woman that was getting ready to retire, I think, right? And then uh, like it was a sixteen year old girl or something. Did I am I right? Sixteen year old girl, and then a teacher, and the teacher for what everyone is saying, like threw herself in front of the student. That's what I heard too. Yeah. <coughs> Which is, you I mean, I know where she's from. Where? Jefferson County. Really. So she drives from Jefferson County to this city school every day crazy <laughs> I, but look you can't get people who live in the city to teach at these schools it's you know well was this a was this a large school that it happened at no it's a performing arts school so oh, like okay. smaller smaller classes and okay you know, but um i don't know man it's a bummer yeah we went from i don't know <laughs> i don't know but that's good yeah <laughs> And talk about religion next. That might be a, a good well, crossover. Well, we should probably probably shouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do that. So Kanye. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I, I did want to touch on. So the last episode that we had together, we talked about the Redeem team, and I hadn't seen it yet. And you basically said oh, yeah. you told me you know you're gonna love this because it is a basically a Kobe story. And dude, the one scene that you pointed out. Like, sent chi- I don't know if it sent chills through my spine because you had told me about it. And I knew it was coming, or what? But that scene where Kobe when runs Powell. through Pau Gasol yeah, yeah, yeah. and says it beforehand, like I'm going to do this. Dude. The look on Pau's face when he's laying on the ground is just like, what the fuck? Just you know happened? what that look was? He's like, oh fuck, we're going to lose. <laughs> That's what that was. Yeah, like he sent a message at the beginning of the game. Like, you yeah. fuckers are not winning this game. 
Yeah. It's what, pretty crazy. But what a way to send a message to your team. Like the, the guys you're playing oh, with. Oh, yeah. Like, listen, this is my brother, and he is on my team in the NBA, not here. Well, to be honest with you, man, on that team, Kobe was the only like cold-blooded assassin on that team that would do something like that. He no is, one else on that team would he do isn't, that. But I wonder how... I wonder how truthful they were being about like, because um, they were, was it Carmelo Anthony and a couple other guys were talking about how like at the end of the day, they were all getting together and they're getting dressed up and they're going to go out and they asked Kobe and Kobe's like in his workout gear. He's going, he's going down to the gym and then they talk like, and then by two days later, all the guys are in the gym with them at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, and this, that, and the I other. hope that's true. I mean, but they're playing it off like like Kobe just had this. Like everybody gravitated to what Kobe was doing because they realized this guy's real, and I hope yeah. I really hope that's what happened. I hope they weren't just like putting it on for a show in this documentary. I mean, you know, I I, I, I well look, dude, the, those stories about Kobe were were there long before this documentary. Yeah, so. True. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good one, dude. Uh I tried to finish Dahmer. I can't. I haven't even started it. I watched two more episodes and I looked at my wife. I said, I can't this is a bummer. She's like, Yeah, I can't believe you turned it back on. I'm like, Oh, I thought I thought we wanted to finish it. She's <laughs> like, No, I'm good. I'm like, Okay, me too. Like, I'm it, it's <laughs> I tried. It's just, it's too gross. It's just too, just maybe if it were fiction, you know, maybe it were based on, not based on a real story. Uh, that's a, that's the thing, man. Like, you know, the, the, the documentaries about like serial killers and stuff. I know like there's people out there who just absolutely eat that up. They love watching those. I just like the, the, the the thing that it's all real, like this all happened is, is really freaky in the first place, but it's just like, why isn't it enough just to know what they did and not have to see everything about it? Yeah. Why do we, yeah. yeah. You know, like, like, like John Wayne Gacy and, you know, Dahmer and, you know, these brutal serial killers that like, you just tell me what happened and I'm like, all right, well that sucks. I'm. I don't need yeah. to know any more okay, information about this now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he ate twenty six people. Cool. <laughs> Let's not talk about it anymore. That's gross. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he killed and buried one hundred and two women. Sweet. Let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, I. I'm not gonna lie though. The Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron was pretty. That was good. good. I did watch that. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um. That shit's got to take a toll, though, right? Like on the actor themselves. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to be behind the camera on like a set on something like that. But I know when it comes to dark parts like that, a lot of actors have to live that, like, really live that in their mind to make that character come to life. I mean, Heath Ledger died right shortly after The Dark Knight, right? And that wasn't even like a serial killer movie. That was just a dark character. Well, he played a sadistic motherfucker. He did, but you know. but yeah, to, but to know you have to get in, like you have to get into being that person to make it believable to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like when it comes to the serial killers. I, the documentaries I'm okay with because those are you know it's interesting to see 
you know, go back and see how the whole thing was treated by the police and stuff. Sometimes that's interesting, but <clears throat> with this Dahmer show, it's just, it's just gross. It's just, it, 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 and I, and I told you on the, the last time we talked about it, it was like, yeah, I think they're going to get more into his childhood and the dad. And I like the person playing the dad. And I'm like, no, he's just a gross cunt raised by gross cunts. <laughs> I just don't okay. need to watch this anymore. <laughs> it, 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 for real. Like, it's just like, yeah, I, I, what are we doing? So, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if you want to start it, start it, but I, I'm going to guess that you probably are going to be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. This is silly. <laughs> um, so you said, you said you finished welcome to Wrexham or you got through, are they, still, yeah, are, they are they still posting more videos or, or episodes or no? No, it's done, but they're going to okay. do obviously another season. They are in another season. Okay. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds posted something on Twitter about it too. Okay. So what, what give me your opinion. I, I've only watched two more episodes since we talked last, but give me your opinion on the rest of it. The, I, I wouldn't say I almost turned it off, but I was not interested. I see why they did it. I guess it was the, the episode where they were explaining what Wales was and, and all that. Like it was, it was oh, weird. Yeah. Like they hold, did the whole sports center you know, thing yeah, was and all that. I was just like, ah, I'm not really interested in that. I'm hoping that it picks back up in the next few episodes. I get why they did it because you you want to give the backstory behind Wales. Because you want to let they, Ryan Reynolds be Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that, there's that. But I, I felt I felt <laughs> like I don't know. I felt like Rob McElhenney wasn't Rob McElhenney in that episode. Like he was just yeah, acting. Well, he was just acting to fill the spot. And trying to be funny, kind of. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Like, it's a good show, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching more of it. I'm curious to see how it plays out because I think what you, if you watch this show, you learn how near and dear, and how you know how much value and how special these teams are to these communities, to these cities. Um, especially the one that they bought. This isn't a big place we're talking about. Right. You know, so like you almost in a way get the sense as you're watching it, like when is it going to turn? Yeah. When are the people going to turn on these two guys who, which they, kind it's of, not really, <laughs> they kind of did in that one episode. Like when they came, yeah, when they came, of. when they came out, um, when they actually went to the game, when they were there and they went to the game, when they came out, they were getting booed. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, that's boot. That's sports, though. That's that's different than. I mean, but do you think they were? Do you think they were getting booed because of the team, or do you think they were getting booed because it's like we don't believe in you that you you're just too at too well, wasn't rich that actors. the game after Paul Mullen uh, got suspended? Maybe. So I think that was what the booing was about. Okay. More so than them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because they were up in the owner's box, and Paul Mullen was up there sitting with them. Okay. Um. Uh, again, like I think, like when you watch it, you're just gonna go, "When are they gonna turn on these guys?" Yeah. And it's never really explained why they bought the team. They try to explain it. They try to give a logical explanation as to well, besides the fact that we have the money to do it, and we thought it would be fun, and we understand the importance of sports in a town like yours but it's like well why here right right like what 
why would you why would you go into a lose lose situation and spend a bunch of money you know in 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 a sport that neither one of them really had never a fan of yeah weren't ever a fan of it's like there's got to be something behind the scenes that they're not talking about on why they thought this adventure was season two yeah on why they thought this adventure was the right way to go yeah, it's like, well, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Now I'm going to buy a fucking Welsh <laughs> club team. It's like, well, what? Why? And Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is like, well, I'm uh, Deadpool and snarky, so I should just buy a team too. Like, I, uh, I wonder. I wonder, and this might sound dumb, but I wonder if the documentary was a part of this the entire time, like. From the get-go, they thought we could make money off of this just by putting out a documentary about following us through this process. Well, they definitely brought some... Re- like, well, the one thing to know, for those that haven't seen this, and you'll see this if you watch the show, they definitely brought some revenue into the team, mm-hmm. for the team and into the city by bringing in the corporate sponsorships that they... Like, TikTok. Like, they're wearing TikTok jerseys. Yeah. Like, this isn't fucking Bob's Lumber. Like, this is TikTok. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know? So, like, they're, they're, they're doing things to better the situation. But, again, is it's like, is it, the, is it their situation to improve? Right. Which I think we're going to find out. I, I like it. I'm into it. Um, but, I, dude, I'll watch any fucking sports documentary, sports show. Like, <laughs> you know? My friend just texted me, who, by the way, it's so shocking. He's a total like sneakerhead. Like is my friend that lived in Brooklyn. He lives in Chicago now. And I never knew this about him. I've known him fucking 15 years. So like we did an episode where we were, I think I talked about, I think it was one like, you were the Bubba Wallace shit or who was the, the race, the, the driver who had the noose at the garage. Oh, I don't remember who it was. But I, what was that yeah, guy? Man, that was a long time ago. Uh, shoot, I don't remember. Was his name Bubba Wallace. Did that, I just make that, that might up? that might be right. I mean, that's definitely anyway. a driver. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when we did that episode, I said something in the episode, like, "Hey, can they just stop being like? Can NASCAR fans stop being so predictable? Because I was like, everyone's a right wing fucking redneck fucking like everything is just so predictable. And then a, a different buddy of mine. DM'd me after listening to the episode. He's like, by the way, Johnny is a fucking NASCAR fan. I'm like, you're fucking bullshitting me. He's like, nope, dude, text him right now. He's a total net. He knows everything about (laughs) Indy. He knows everything about Formula One. He knows everything about NASCAR. And he's not, he's like a total progressive, liberal, like whatever. Uh, But he just texted me. He goes, did you know Brad Doherty is a NASCAR team owner? I'm like, no, fucker. I didn't know that. Why would I know that? Brad Doherty played for the Cavs, so I guess that was the connection he made there. But like, okay. no, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't fucking know this shit. Um, Man, who's going back and listening? Are they just now listening to those episodes? No, no, this happened way back when. Oh, okay. I just I gotcha. never talked about it. Oh, okay, I just never okay. talked about it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Well, before we talk about Halloween, hmm? And I don't know what we're going to talk about with Halloween, but <laughs> we'll come up with something. <laughs> I don't know. You know. I know last year I talked about trick or treating. I was like, who the fuck ruined trick or treating? But dude, day seeker. I'm telling you, man, I've never been this geeked about 
a band's music in a long time. And I, I just I didn't know this I know band. I just talked about story and there's their song, but like, dude, I'm telling you, I've not been this excited. I've not been this attached to a band's music in a long time. Beartooth, well, I should, but it was recently Beartooth, but like, but Beartooth is like Beartooth. It's heavy, it's poppy, it's got all the feels. This, this is just to, for me, it's a thing. It's like one thing that they're doing, and they're doing it perfectly so far. Anyway, I'll shut up. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say I didn't know this band existed <laughs> until until you. I think just posted it on social media. Most of the time when you post something on social media, like a band or a certain song or something, I'll go check it out. And I instantly, like, who's I, that? Yeah. I instantly clicked with this band though. I really, I, I really do like them. And, but, and I don't know if we've talked about them much, um, on the show besides talking about like that one, the one episode where we talked about them playing, um, in the studio and it just sounding too perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really all. And I and I hated doing that, but I, you know, I still love that song. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but like, they've got some pretty dark lyrics. I mean, I guess you can consider them dark. Like that song, Neon Grave. You had told me that it was about his dad passing away. Yeah. And man, the lyrics are dark because like talking about you. Yeah, you cheated death before, and basically, what does it feel like when your eyes roll back and everything goes black? Like Jesus, man. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's, the, no, he, he, he's, and, and, you know, I know I talk about lyrics and how I don't pay attention, but no, he's a good, he's a good lyricist. He's a good, he's a good writer. And I don't know who helps him, but like, whether it's production, but his, or he's, but, but just, his, he's the guy, but, but his voice matches the lyric. If that's even a thing, his voice matches the lyrics really well. I don't know. It's all coming from a place, dude. Yeah. It, it's all coming from, uh yeah no it, you're no you're right you're right it does yeah but so <laughs> I don't know how to explain it other than like yeah it's all coming from a real place and he's emoting it and he's executing it so well um like I said like with Beartooth I felt the same way uh when I listened to the disease record and then the last one they put out I was like man this dude's on fire like everything he writes is just like fucking poppy and and catchy but still like dark and like it gets you feeling something and the lyrics are good and you know it's the same thing with this with this band with the well these three songs that they put out thus far well four songs now but but, i mean not to go too far into the lyric thing because i know you're not a really big lyric fan but i do love lyrics i don't i I joke i know i joke i don't think when i was younger i don't think lyrics mattered to me or that I really paid attention to them near as much as I do now. Like if I were to hear these, I think they mattered to me more when I was younger. Really? See, here's why I say, here's why I say the opposite. This morning while I was driving to work, I decided to put on the one X album by three days grace. Yeah. I never really cared about what the lyrics were back when that album came out. I've always loved the album, but I never paid attention to it. I was really listening to the lyrics on my way to work this morning. Yeah. And I mean, I I know that it was all about drug use and stuff, but like it's deep. Like that whole album is very deep. Did you say 1X or Life Starts Now? No, 1X. Okay, okay, okay. No, I was going to say uh if you said Life Starts Now <laughs> uh 
it just made me think like what I talked about earlier with the stickers. Life starts now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Signed by the band, but there's a sticker on it. New album from Three Days Grace, the highly anticipated follow-up to the platinum album, One X, features break. Like again, you look for those things. Yeah. Like this, this is our fucking algorithm. <laughs> Pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um uh yeah, no, that was a heavy album for sure. Yeah, I used to I used to like I think when I was a kid I just got attached to lyrics more because dude, I would fucking lock myself in my room and listen to fucking Tupac and fucking fucking outcast and scarface and like all these fucking hip-hop artists and it's just like i would just be like like i'm you know stupid white <laughs> kid sitting in my room listening to this shit i'm like oh my god what the fuck yeah you know i still appreciate them i, I joke again i it's just my writing process i don't i just come with like i don't overthink lyrics i guess is the way that i do it yeah i just come with an idea and i go with it now i want it to be cohesive and i want it to make sense but like you know, some of some of like uh, you know, not to get too much into this, but like some of my favorite lyrics that I've ever written were ones that I never thought about. They just happened. Yeah, they just you know they just uh, they were spontaneous. They were just it was like organic. Like they just happened. Like it was just an idea that came to me, and I stuck with it. I didn't change it. I didn't edit. I didn't. I didn't do anything. Um. And those are my favorites. You know, there are songs that, you know, I know that people like, but I know how long it took to get those songs done and how many fucking times I changed <laughs> stuff. And it pisses me off because yeah. I just go back to those moments like I hated writing this. But anyway, uh, with Dayseeker, they've just, I don't know, they've, they've struck a chord with me. They've hit a stride. I, I, I don't know. Do you got that song queued up? I just want to I want I want to point something out to you with this new song. Yeah. Uh what's the new song called? Crying While You're Dancing. So terrible with fucking song titles, dude. <laughs> dude, I, on the last episode I was talking about Blink-182 and I was like, yeah, that one dude from Alkaline Trio. Oh yeah. And I'm like, how do I how do I not know like I was just like I'm fucking terrible. Like what what why do I even talk? Like at this point just shut up. Um <laughs> Yeah, crying while you're dancing. All right, ready? Dude, rock this shit. It's All so right. good. I don't want to lie. And you can't tell the truth, so it's over. I don't love you anymore. pause it real quick so that right there for me now again i'm a big pop fan i'm a big new wave fan that to me feels like it would be in a john hughes movie yeah from the 1980s uh-huh. like you picture like the dude walking across the field at the end of breakfast club or something like it is just emotionally perfect for like creating like an idea for yeah. the listener go on being a nerd. <laughs> it's so cool.
that's one of the best opening lines of any song I've heard in a long time, vocally. Like that is wait, wait, so what do you, good. What do, you, what do you mean though? Like just it's just catchy. It's just okay. fucking the everything about it is perfect. Okay. It closes well. It opens well. It's just like everything about it is perfect. Yeah. And I, I again, coming from someone who writes vocals, like I hate writing verses because they're like, they're the meaningless part of the song where you like start well enough to get to the hook, you know, that dude, that right there, what he just did could be a hook in a different song. Interesting. It's just good. Dude, it's just so good. Gone. Sorry. Again, I'm nerding up. <laughs> and he follows it up with a great line and lyrically speaking, even better. Listen to the lyrics in this next line. Great pre-course. I love how hard the chorus hits too. Like Yeah, well dude, they're playing down tune shit. Like that's again like what you just said, and this is why it catches people. And I think what is what brilliant is, is what is brilliant about bands like them today is they're finding a way or bands that do what they're try to do what they're doing. It's like bring in this poppy dancey sort of get you in the feels type pop music and then come in with these this feeling of like, oh, shit just dropped. Like I just got take I got I was taken to another level. It's because of the down tune guitars and like, yeah, you're right. It's just it's. Dude, it's a great like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you gonna play more yeah. of this? Or are you done with this? I don't know. Do you want me to geek out some more? Or <laughs> it, Maybe dude, go, people go check Maybe. it out. I mean, there's th- this. It's so good. This though is why I'm. T- I'm. I always say like lyrics affect me more because there's a story that is being told here. You 100%. Know? And I know you can say that about any song for any band. Most bands. There's a story being told, but it's not like this. And yeah, it do- no. and not only are you being attached to what the storyline is in the, in it and trying to really hear what the lyrics are, it's also the music is perfect in the ups and downs, you know, and leading into the chorus to where when the chorus hits, you're like, oh my God, like not only is the storyline yeah. hitting me, but I'm feeling it too because of the music. Yeah, no, they do it. They take you there, man. They it, It's... You know, I, again, I've, that's the kind of music that I love, man. I, you know, there are several bands that are my favorite bands that are able to do that. They, however, for some reason, just from a pop perspective are just doing it so well where I'm just like, it's catching me in a different way. But yeah, with telling the story, man, I, I value that because I'm not, and again, this is just, you know, for me. I don't write that way necessarily. I write from a perspective thing. So like typically what I do uh, when I'm writing like a song, lyrically speaking, I'll like start from the point of view of either myself or someone else. And then the chorus shifts to that person or back to me and vice versa. So eventually when we get to the end of the song, everybody's involved. Like that's typically how I do it. Okay. 
But a lot of the times I'm writing to myself, like the message is to me. Right. Yeah. So like on the, you know, on the last song I put out, I just have the, it's very, they're very simple lyrics, but uh, the pre-chorus of each, you know, in the two, I have two pre-choruses, but so the first one is we got to get, we got to get this right. We got to get our own tonight. We got to get, we got to get this right. We got to live a better life. We pronouns, right? Mm-hmm. So then the next one, it's, you got to get, you got to get this right. You know, you got to get your own tonight. You got to get, you know, so like eventually I've shifted from forget the other person. I'm talking to me now. Right. Mm-hmm. That's typically how I do stuff like that. And now it's subtle and maybe people don't notice it or maybe people think it's not fucking good in my head. That's where I'm at in my headspace. Like I'm, I'm constantly wanting to teach the lesson to myself. I mean, that's going to make me think of music differently. Like when I hear, because I, nothing off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of songs that I've heard where it does come from that. Like it's a perspective of it's either the perspective at the beginning is you and then it's me and then it's us or vice versa. It's me and then it's you and then it's us. You know who was really good about that? And they often got criticized for it. Who's that? was Linkin Park. Okay. Yeah. I can all see. of yeah. all of their hooks yeah. were other. I wanna, uh-huh. we gotta, yeah. you do it. You wait, like, you know, like um, and they often got criticized for that because people thought it was simplistic, but I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no. They're very they're choosing the pronoun wisely based on what the verse lyrics were and the pre-chorus lyrics were. You know, and, and I always you- I always looked up to them for that. And I they were they were Definitely an influence on me uh, when it came to that. Okay, so have you heard the song Dream State by Dayseeker? I own it. Own it, okay. So I, I got this queued up. I'm going to play it. I, I want to play just the, the very beginning of it because I have a question that goes back to the tracks thing that we've talked about probably that people are tired of hearing about, but um, I do want to play the beginning of this. So here we go. Okay. Okay, so first off, that's an awesome beginning to a song. But great. when it comes to tracks and things like that, or um, going back to the Ronnie Radke thing where they lost their uh, their laptops and stuff, right? could they not do the beginning? Could Dayseeker, if they were in the same situation, not be able to do the beginning of this song because of that? Like, I think keyboard comes in at a certain point, but at the beginning of this, it sounds like synth or whatever the the word is. I'm... Um, no, it is. You don't talk. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are ways to do it. I, I, I look. Yeah, there are several ways to do it. I, I don't know. You'd have to talk to them. I think it, it's okay. how comfortable are they? Like, you could give the tracks to the sound guy, and you could have had you could have had to have rehearsed them on time, and rely on the sound guy to have them queued up, mm-hmm. which is a very old way of doing it. And I don't think anyone does it that way anymore right. to be honest with you right uh but i don't know gotcha uh i also while while i was looking here so i'm on youtube and i'm looking at on the dream the comments on the dreams the dream st- uh, state song 
So uh, the very first comment, I'm not ready for the emotional toll this album will have on my heart. Each song has conveyed each step of the struggles so perfectly, and I'm patiently waiting for the last song on this album. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, I haven't heard a bad or seen a bad comment on any of this. Well, I'm sure they're out there, but I mean, I'm sure yeah, they, I'm sure they are, but it, it's, it's cool. Like just to see people attaching themselves to it. I'll tell you another thing I like about the band. And I said this to my wife last night and it's, it's going to sound silly, but I think it, to me, it means something. But so I think with this sound that they're creating with these songs, they're bringing a certain sort of image to it as well. And they're not afraid to do it. And I kind of like that. Image meaning what? Like the way they dress, the way they look. Okay. Uh, the, the Barry Bonds <laughs> earring. <laughs> well, not just the earring, but just like the dude's wearing like turtlenecks and like blazers. Like he's dressing nice. Like he's dressing like he's not looking like a rock and roll guy or a metal guy or a hardcore like punk guy. Like he... <laughs> which is kind of it's kind of like a new trend newish trend i think it's been done a while but you know like the, the lead singer of bad omens dresses like the same way he wears like and the dude from bring me the horizon has started doing this as well but uh i don't know i kind of dig it and again I, it doesn't matter to me you could be in a fucking blue jeans and a fucking white t-shirt i don't give a fuck but like the music speaks to me louder than the fucking image does. But like, uh, I don't know. I like it. And I like that. They're just kind of doing it, you know, but again, fucking probably 25 years old. It's like, what the fuck do they have to lose? Like they're, right. you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's sort of like, I don't know how many risks are being taken. Perhaps there are some, but I'm just saying like at that age, with the record label they're on and the type of band they are, it's like, uh, it, it feels like a good situation. Can you explain what do you mean by risks? Like what kind of risk would they be, could they be taking or that other bands before them would be taking that they're not having to? Well, they're not old. What I'm saying is if you have a okay. band of 35 year olds, who okay. are like, we're going to bring out this like poppy sound gotcha. and we're going to dress real sniffy and gotcha. Uh, I don't know. Sniffy. Did I say sniffy? You did. I heard it, but it's what's okay. the word I'm looking for there. Help me out. I, Sn snazzy? Sure. Sn sn I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to connect Sniffy to anything. Sniffy what the fuck does Sniffy mean? I don't know. Um, why'd you let me do that? Uh, sorry. Correct me. I can don't let me do that. I can edit it out. Jesus. I'm semi-educated. That was terrible. Um, yeah, that's what I mean by that. It's just sort of like, you know, the, the, the shelf life. They have a shelf life, which is what record labels want. You know, it's what they want. That's why they sign bands when they're fucking 20 years old. Give them time to develop and become who they're supposed to be. So by shelf life, you mean like they have a long period of time that they can be doing this? Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like you talk about, um, which it's been a long time since we talked about it, but like Chevelle, how I think they signed on with their record label for like seven, I think it was like seven records. Back in those days, six was the ideal number. Yeah, yeah. six. I mean, major label, I, which I guess label, yeah. I guess you would consider that a shelf life too. Like we can get six records out of this band, but man, that's a if you're you know even if you're putting out one record a year, that's six years that you're you know you're under this 
label and then, you know, them talking about how like they didn't, they don't make any money off of any of that. Like it's all basically touring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, do we know what record? I mean, the way that the labels work now, I like, it, it do we doesn't know, matter. Do we know what label Dayseeker's under? They are on, oh, fuck. Uh, God, we talked about this, Spine Farm. Oh, they're on the same one as what Story of the Year just signed with? Damn it. Is Story on Spine Farm or Sharp Tone? Maybe Dayseeker's on Sharp Tone? I think maybe that's what it was. I'm pretty sure Story's on Spine Farm. I get them mixed up. Uh... No, Dayseeker is on Spine Farm. Oh. I don't think, I think Story's on Spine Farm. I thought, maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. It wasn't that long ago that we talked about it. I'm, I know. Maybe they are. Hang on. And of course, when I go to Spine Farm's website, Dayseeker is on the front page. Um, Artists, Spine Farm. Spine Farm, 36 Crazy Fist, Airborne, Anti-Flag, Atreyu, Billy Talent, The Browning, Bullet from My Valentine, Dayseeker. This label's just loaded, dude. Yeah, dude. Dead Poet Society, Dead Set, Electric Wizard, He is Legend, Refused, Killing Joke, St. Estonia, Scorpions, Shining, Stone Broken, Sleep Token, Varsity, While She Sleeps. Yeah, so no, story's not on. A story's on, what I say? Sharp tone? I think it's sharp tone. Maybe that's what it was. And maybe I'm yeah. getting them too mixed up too. It's in my search history, so this has to be. Yep, there it is. Tear me to pieces on the okay. front page. Nice. Yep. Sharp tone. Let's see who they have. Let's see whose label has more artists. Well, their website moves slower, so. <laughs> Minus two points. Uh, August Burns Red, Bleeding Through, Crystal Lake. God damn, dude, this label's loaded too. Currents, Curses, Don Bracco, Muir. Fuck me, this label's got a ton of people. Jesus. Uh, Miss May I of Mice and Men. God. Polaris. Um, who else we got? Scroll. Stepson. Stuck out, story of the year. We came as Romans. Good God. Loaded labels, man. Yeah, it is. Well, good for them both. Yeah, for sure. So before we get out of here, uh, in the spirit of Halloween, what should we talk about? Uh, Favorite Halloween candy, go. Uh, you go trick-or-treating. What's the one thing you want to see in the bag? Go. Uh, Reese's Pieces. Oh. Pieces. Now, let me ask you a trivia question. Uh huh. Is there chocolate in a Reese's Pieces? Mm, is the outer is the outer coating peanut butter? I'm asking also, you. Or is, it, or is that me. chocolate? I don't think there's chocolate in it. There's unless, no chocolate in a Reese's Pieces. I didn't think it's so a either. Candy. It's a candy yeah. shell. Yeah. It's peanut butter with a candy shell. Dude, do you remember Butterfinger BBs? Uh, these those came out by the time I stopped eating candy. Oh, uh, did they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think they had the Simpsons promoting that because I think Bart. They did. Was, yeah. Well, man. Butterfinger. Yeah. I Why mean, do I remember that? Weird. You're, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Reese's Pieces. So, like, if you had a fruity candy that you wanted, what was it? 
a fruity candy. I, I dude, I'm a Skittles guy. I like Skittles. Skittles. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's just classic. Yeah. No big deal. So for me, I'm going uh uh well fruity candy. I want dots. You want to break? You want just want to rip all your teeth out of your head? Fucking love dots so much. <laughs> they Shut are real. They are really good, but the they best. suck <laughs> on uh, your teeth. Dots, and then like if it's like a chocolatey candy, I'm gonna go Heath Bar. Okay. But most people don't hand those out, so Butterfinger was a good substitute for that. So you just like everything that just tears your teeth apart. I got good teeth, bro. I've never <laughs> had a cavity. Like I'm good. Uh. But yeah, I mean, typically, yeah, it's got to, you got to work on it. I don't want anything that just melts in your mouth. Fuck that. Like, are you, a, are you a milk dud guy? No, fuck. No. <laughs> Disgusting. So they, somebody put out a poll, you know, worst Halloween candy. I put milk duds up there, but you know what the worst is? And I, uh, to be honest with you, like if I walked up to a house and they gave me this, I'd be like, are you, fu- what are you guys, Nazis? Is it, is it uh, the most common argument? Tootsie Rolls? Oh, no. That's not what I was going to say. No, what were you thinking? Uh, candy corn. I like candy corn. I do, too. Yeah, the I like pu- candy the corn. Pumpkins no, Tootsie Rolls wasn't what, I, it wasn't what I was going to say either. Okay. I think candy corn's good, dude. I do, too. Have you ever heard Lewis Black's joke about candy corn? I don't know. YouTube Lewis Black candy corn right now. <laughs> okay. It's the best. The worst thing about Halloween is, of course... Candy corn. It's unbelievable to me. Candy corn is the only candy in the history of America that's never been advertised. That's a good point. And there's a reason. All of the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1911. And so, since nobody eats that stuff, every year there's a ton of it left over. And the candy corn company sends the guys to the villages and they collect out of the dumpsters all the candy corn we've thrown away. They wash it, they wash it. I'll never forget the first time my mother gave me candy corn. She said, here. Lewis, this is candy corn. It's corn that tastes like candy. <laughs> this tastes like crap. Uh, it's better. It's better when and he does it in front of live audience. Yeah, well, it, remind, it reminds me of uh, like those little strawberry things that they always say are like in your grandma's candy dish. Oh, I fucking love those. They're dude. so good. And they have like the, the fill, the strawberry filling in, inside dude, them too. The They're best. Yeah. Those and they would be mixed with butterscotch candies. dude. Oh dude. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. What about so the good. old, uh, what were the old, um, I don't even know what they tasted like. They were like zebra stripe, but they were a square. They were almost like a wafer kind of thing. Like a gumdrop. No, it was like a wafer kind of thing, but it was it was like zebra striped. I don't remember what they're called though. See, I like gumdrops, dude. Yeah. Like we I like the the orange slices. Oh yeah, dude. Dude. Yeah. Fuck me. My dad used to take me to the grocery store 
and e- this was back when they had bulk candy uh-huh. that you could just like open up a thing and shit would just pour out. Uh-huh. I dude, I used to run up to all of them and just be like, God, <laughs> I just fucking. He's like, did you get your candy? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't have what I wanted. <laughs> I'd run back. It's just like nobody's no one stopping me. But you yeah, know, you uh, know what I used to like though, and I don't now. I think about it, I'm like, that tasted like crap. Is uh, circus peanuts? Um. Yeah, I mean, I it's been so long. I used to yeah, like those are pretty gross. I used to you know like good them, though, but, or burnt peanuts. Uh, I don't. I, I've had them, but it's been a really long time. Those are good. Yeah, but those are actual peanuts. Circus peanuts. It's just like a weird foam. Yeah. Like, well, I'm thinking eating styrofoam. I'm, I'm thinking about like in. I mean, they still make them, but it's like the old school, like the little. It's a clear package that has a red label attached to it. That has like yellow writing on it. I don't even know who the company is, but they still make it like all these different candies. Like if you go to a hardware store, they'll have a rack and it'll be like, you know, a whole rack full of these butterscotch and gumdrops and Swedish fish and, you know, right. just all sorts of weird stuff. Oh, dude, it made me think of, uh, what were they called? Bo- bottle caps were good, but what were the, the actual plastic bottles? You know what I'm talking about? That had like oh, those liquid sucked. in them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. They were wax. <laughs> so? Worst. That's like the old the uh, old wax lips that you could buy. Yeah, that yeah, You would yeah. chew on those too. They were just a chew on. Worst. That's probably why you have good teeth and I don't. <laughs> she didn't chew on weird shit like that. Yeah, there, was like a, there was like a squeeze tube and it was just literally filled with goo. It was just sugar goo. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, but you're not selling it very well. <laughs> it was it was like a sugar gel. Sugar it was like gear. a gel, but it was like super like tangy and like you know the 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 texture of it was like very like a almost like a filling that you would get in like a pie or like a you know what I'm talking about yeah. But it was like in a bottle, then you just like squeeze it. Ugh. So let me ask you this: Why do they still make Smarties? They don't taste good. Smarties are They're- the the plastic wrapper. Oh yeah. Uh huh. That yeah. kids would smash up and snort in elementary school because they thought it was a thing to do. Yeah. Uh, what about warheads? What about warheads? Are you a war like a sour guy? No, Me I either. never got into shit like that, dude. Me either. No, I, I try to keep it basic, man. Like I said, I like gumdrops, dude. I'm a fucking old man. <laughs> like dots and Heath bars and what about sixlets. Um, sixlets were good. I don't like those. You don't like them? It's just chocolate no. with chocolate no. coating. Yeah, I don't like it. Huh. Not good. I'm not a huge, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm not huge on chocolate. The chocolate has to be complementary to whatever else the candy is. Like Heath is like the toffee, Butterfingers, the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want it to be all chocolate. Okay. Like, if you give me a Hershey's Kiss, I'll throw it back at your face. <laughs> like, I don't want that shit. I don't like solid chocolate. It's gross. Yeah. I did, you know, Skittles were really good growing up as a kid. Like, you know, especially like my generation because they became like huge for my generation. Yeah. Those in uh, Starburst. Like, yeah, dude. Fucking. I love Starburst. I should have said that I used to get. So there was a ice cream place uh, where I grew up. They used to have Skittles concretes. Now. That is you're tri- gonna go, that's just that trying sounds- to break your teeth. It did. <laughs> it's it did. Frozen Skittles. It did. 
but it was awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It sounds terrible, yeah. and it is, but it was awesome when you were a kid. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, the, I got ice cream with fucking Skittles? Like, <clears throat> and that place still sells them. Still like a popular seller. Wow. But no, the Skittles really would get frozen, and you'd be like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I'm eating a concrete yeah. rock. Why is my mouth bleeding after yeah, eating yeah. ice cream? <laughs> Skeeters was the name of that place. Skeeters. I like it. Yep. They only hired women to work there. Huh. Tried to work there when I was a teenager. Wouldn't hire me. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any other candy that... Well, fuck candy. So, like, Halloween. So, like, what's your favorite Halloween-based movie? Hmm. Halloween-based? Or- so, I brought up three earlier. I said Halloween, Night of the Demons, and I don't remember the other one, but you said you only seen Halloween, I'm assuming, is the one you've seen. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, that doesn't take place on Halloween. Well, I it's didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know what you... Well, I thought you were just talking horror in general. Well, it has to be like, a, it has to be like around, it's, it has to be like centered around Halloween. That's, well, is Scream centered around Halloween? Nope. No. Has nothing to do with Halloween. Jeez, I don't, what do you, what do you want, going. what do you want from me? <laughs> you could have said Halloween. Like Freddy Krueger or? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, H- nine, H- ten. H2O. Ah, that's a terrible one. Is that the one with LL Cool J? I don't remember. Yeah, it is. It's been so yeah, long. Have you Josh Hartnett? Are you gonna watch the newest one? Halloween no. ends? No. No, no. Don't care. I haven't watched I watched the first one that Rob Zombie made and I was good after that. Okay. Don't care. Do you like other Rob Zombie movies like House of a Thousand Corpses and let's see um, the Devil's Rejects? Devil's Rejects is great. Yeah. That is a great movie. Uh House of a Thousand Corpses is just whatever. I don't. I didn't care about it. Yeah. Um, Devil's. I felt like House of a Thousand Corpses. He had to make to make Devil's. I felt like Devil's Rejects was the one he was trying to make, but he had to figure out a way to get there. Gotcha. Like you couldn't just like make that movie. It wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Like in the amount of time that he had, so he had to make like this weird sort of illogical, grotesque movie. You know. I, I love Devil's Rejects. Yeah, that's a good movie. Did you uh, ever as see- far as any like his Halloween's okay? Uh, what else did he do? He did. Um, what am I missing? I don't know. I don't know what else I he made. Said, I guess probably. Yeah, I don't know. This is. A I know Halloween. he did. Oh, all the witches of Salem or something with his wife. Oh, I don't know. Lords of Salem, something like that. I didn't see it. Did you a movie that creeped me out? And it's a pretty basic premise. But did you ever see the movie House of Wax? Um, had Paris Hilton in it and it had uh, no. um, some other people but it was like based off of these people get kidnapped and uh, they basically the guy that owns this house it's like a museum and he yeah, puts yeah, yeah. people alive in the wax I remember it yeah it's creepy as shit yeah it doesn't sound creepy because it has Paris Hilton in it well I think she died so spoiler alert so that was a plus she got Thank like a God. big thing through her forehead, which was cool. What's the guy's name? I want to say Robert Rashad, but I don't know if that's right. Is that the guy that was in Coach Carter? He was the the point guard in Coach Carter. The uh, he was um, Samuel L. Jackson's son. Isaiah Rashad. 
No, I don't think his name's Isaiah. I don't know. Just guessing there. But I know who you're talking about. He was also in Cousin Skeeter. Do you remember Cousin Skeeter? I do. I'm surprised by that. Anyways, he was in that movie too, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see they're making a new Hellraiser movie. Did you ever see the Hellraiser movies? Uh, Love Hellraiser 1. Kind of goes downhill from there. Gotcha. Gets a little bit silly. Yeah. Very underrated it's not a Halloween movie, but an underrated uh, scary movie, horror movie, whatever you want to call it, is uh, The People Under the Stairs. That's a good one. My favorite Halloween movie, horror movie, is Night of the Demons. It's great. Love it. It's like a B campy sort of horror flick, but it's, it's so much fun. We used to watch it so often when we were teenagers and like young adults. Just get stoned and watch this movie. It's like <laughs> holds a special place in my heart. Gotcha. They have uh, the Movies That Made Us series on Netflix. Yeah. So, like, they just released, like, because it's Halloween, like, a horror edition of that. So oh, that's cool. They talked about Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's pretty good. Hearing about Halloween was interesting because it's they spent so little money and that movie just exploded. And then you learn that, like, oh, yeah, Friday the 13th, they were just like, well, we just want to rip off Halloween. Ah. Uh, like, that's literally what the guy, the, like, the dude who put it together was like, well, Halloween works, so let's just do that. Like, like oh, great. Yeah, that that's actually a pretty cool series. Uh, did did you, see, did you see the Home Alone one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one really... Yeah, I've watched pretty much all of them. That really yeah. intrigued me, because, like, especially the fact that they built that entire set, like, it wasn't actually in a house. Right. That's crazy. I mean, the house is there, but yeah. Yeah, the outs- build... the outside visuals is actually of a house right. that's there, but the inside, they couldn't fit a whole camera crew in there, so they had to re- like build the whole set. That's pretty nuts. Right. That's make, pretty crazy. To, to make it look like that. But uh, I think tomorrow we're going to go watch the movie Smile. Have you seen the previews for that? Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Are you going to go to the theater? We are. Ooh. Yeah. We're going to do it up. 145 movie. <laughs> Because we're old. <laughs> <laughs> got a babysitter for a 145 movie. Right, no, actually, we got it for all night, but we're uh, going to do the early movie and then get some dinner and then come back and do old people things like sit around a fire pit or something. Just hang out for the evening. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And we have a Halloween party, costume party tomorrow. Hence the dress up you got going on. Yeah. I'm this. My son is Ace Ventura, and then my wife is going to be Fat Thor. <laughs> so I guess in one of their most recent movies, he gets fat. Oh, okay. I thought you were just saying that. No, <laughs> I wasn't. Sh- no, she's I going was, for that. I was playing it as a joke because she's pregnant, but I was just she, like. She is. She has the belly, so that makes sense. She got the whole get up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. And here I am being this. Yeah. So. Anyway, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, man. Let's roll out of here, dude. Absolutely. That was-